Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. We've got new details about the Dodgers signing of Teoscar Hernandez. What will the Dodgers lineup look like in 2024? When can we expect Walker Buehler back? And Max Muncy had some very interesting comments that he made about his former teammates. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout. It's time for Dodger How many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. They blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. And a happy Monday, Dodgers Nation. Doug McCain here. Friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Now, if you haven't yet, do me a huge favor. If you are not subscribed to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game, do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel and you want to see us post even more Dodgers content and do more giveaways, Hit that like button. And as always, I'm with your takes down below in the comment section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day. What does your lineup look like with the addition of Teoscar Hernandez? Let me know down below. Also, who do you think that Max Muncy was talking about when he mentioned his former teammates, I want your takes down below in the comment section. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. The Dodgers' dream offseason continues to roll along. Last night, we heard the breaking news that the Dodgers were signing outfielder Teoscar Hernandez on a one-year, $23.5 million contract with $8.5 million of that salary being deferred. And that is a fantastic deal for one of the best bats available this offseason. For a true lefty masher that the Dodgers got on a one-year contract. Now, if you've watched this show for years have always said there's really no such thing as a bad one-year contract because you are not tied to that player for multiple years so if he gets injured or frees a buzz it's really not going to hurt you sometimes you get the great one-year contracts the Tyler Andersons of the world the JD Martinez's of the world or you get Noah Syndergaard who signed to a one-year 13 million dollar contract which looking back was the highest price free agent the Dodgers got last offseason and 
yes, Thor was a thud. Cindergard was Cinder gone before the season even ended. But guess what? It didn't really hurt you financially moving forward. And with Teoscar Hernandez, you get the upside, you get the value, and that you don't have to pay him multiple years. And let's say he has a really good year for the Dodgers. Maybe you like what you see, and you do work out a multi-year contract with him moving forward. But most people believe within the industry that he was going to sign a multi-year deal. You saw projections even as high as $80 million on multi-year deals. You saw three years, $45 million. I thought maybe if the Dodgers were able to get him and he fell into their lap, maybe you would see a multi-year deal, but an opt-out after the first year. But that was not the case. L.A. got their guy at their price once again, and it was a fantastic signing for numerous different reasons. Now, one, he's a great hitter. He is one of the better hitters in all of Major League Baseball. This isn't just someone who is a role player type. No, this is an all-star. This is a silver slugger winner, someone who received MVP votes in 2019 and in 2020. He's someone who has hit 147 home runs and over 3,000 plate appearances since the beginning of the 2018 season. And I see people out there saying, hey, DMAC, but he strikes out a ton. He swings and misses. He expands the zone. We're going to get into that in just a second. But the thing you need to know most about Teoscar Hernandez is this guy absolutely rakes when he's right. And during his best years from 2020 to 2022, he averaged a 133 weighted runs created plus. And he averaged 28 home runs and 31 doubles. So you're talking about a guy that can put together a season at the plate where he is 30% above league average from an offensive production standpoint. Someone who can hit between 25 and 30 home runs and also someone who consistently hits the ball hard. And I guarantee you that when the Dodgers made this signing, one thing that they were talking about inside these war rooms, inside these boardrooms where they're talking about who they should sign is they looked at his numbers last year in Seattle and they saw that he had a 105 weighted runs created plus, meaning he was 5% above league average. It wasn't your standard Teoscar Hernandez season, but they also looked at the batted ball profiles and his contact rates. And they were very similar to the years that he had really great seasons where he won a silver slugger, where he was an all-star because last season he still hit the ball extremely hard. He was in the 90th percentile in hard hit rate. He had a 13.8% barrel rate. That was good for 88th percentile in all of Major League Baseball. Almost half of the balls that he hit last season had an average exit velocity of 95 miles per hour. Look, Teoscar, those balls had families, okay? He was tearing the cover off the baseball despite not having his best year at the plate, but he still was an above-average hitter. Now, another thing, too, you want to look at is the fact that they needed someone that could mash and rake against Southpaws, especially when you look at that Atlanta Braves rotation. Adding a Chris Sale, what the Dodgers do, they went out and got one of the best lefty mashers in the sport. I'm talking about top-tier elite in that category. If you look at since the beginning of the 2021 season, you know I bring my facts to the fight. There's only four players in Major League Baseball that have hit lefties better than Teoscar Hernandez. Who are those hitters? First, you have Paul Goldschmidt. Second, William Contreras. Third, Aaron Judge. 
fourth his new teammate Mookie Betts, and then coming in at fifth with a 164 weighted runs created plus against Southpaws is Teoscar Hernandez. Since the beginning of the 2021 season, he slashed 317, 349, 628. He slugged 628. That's better than Mookie, Judge, Contreras, and Goldschmidt against Southpaws, and that is who the Dodgers just added. So they need a lefty masher, and they got the best one really that was available that made sense for them. And I know a lot of people, including myself, wanted Randy Arozarena. Randy Arozarena, he brings that fire, he brings that passion, he's fantastic in the postseason, has a history of big moments in the postseason. We saw with our own eyes with what he was able to do in 2020, but he's under three years of team control. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. There was no guarantees that the Tampa Bay Rays were even going to trade Randy Rosarena. And even if they did, you would have had to gut a lot of the talent in the farm system to be able to acquire him. Well, guess what? You know what's better than giving up prospects for a player? It's just using cold, hard cash, which the Dodgers have in spades. When you have a lot of them greenbacks, you're going to be just fine. And you can get a player in Tosca Hernandez who could have a better year than Randy Arozarena next season. Because the reality is, if you compare Randy Arozarena and Teoscar Hernandez, in the regular season, Teoscar Hernandez has reached higher heights than Randy Arozarena has, and that is who they added to their team. And look, you talk about the fashion, the fun, the clubhouse presence, the fanfare. Look, Teoscar Hernandez has a reputation of being that as well, bringing energy to a dugout. So he also brings that to him as well. And also something you need to look at, too, is the fact that he did not play his best in Seattle and you got to look at those home road splits. At T-Mobile Ballpark in Seattle last season, he slashed 217, 263, 380 on the road. He slashed 295, 344, 486. So a lot like Manuel Margot in struggling in the trop, same thing with Tosca Hernandez. Played a lot better on the road. So I think that is something that could be a good omen as well. And as we mentioned earlier, the salary, only $15 million of that salary is going to be paid to him this season. The rest is going to be paid out in installments from 2030 to 2039. Name a better duo, the Los Angeles Dodgers and Deferrals. So they're taking advantage of that once again. And yes, this puts them up past the Cohen tax. There's no doubt about that. If you look at roster resources right now, this Dodgers team, they're heavily invested in the success of the 2024 Dodgers. They are all the way in. Money is no object to the Dodgers right now. If you look at where their tax number sits for the 2024 season, it's at $302.32 million. That's according to roster resources. So that is above the CBT's highest 
penalty threshold, which sits at $297 million. So we're talking about a 110% surcharge, which is more than double. But guess what? You're talking about an organization that makes a ton of revenue. And that is one thing that sets apart the Dodgers from other teams out there. And I see fan bases out there. They're crying right now. Oh, level the playing field. You got to level the playing field. What the Dodgers are doing, it's disgusting. It's unfair how the Dodgers keep getting away with this. Well, guess what? Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. One, they are investing in their team. They're taking money that they've made and they're pouring it right back in their roster. And two, they're using deferrals. Guess what? Your franchise could do this too. But what limits them is they're not making as much revenue as the Dodgers do, so they're less likely to do that. So, look, the Dodgers, they're a well-oiled machine. They're a great brand. They have great fans. They have a great TV deal. So if you're a Dodger fan out there, they should thank you because there's a lot of you out there, and you are the main reason why they're able to do deals like this. So they're just taking advantage of all their resources. They're playing within the rules. And guess what? Players want to play in L.A. Let's not forget that. The coaches that they've hired, the player development, the staff, the location, Dodgers Stadium, players want to play here. Let's not forget, it is called free agency. The Dodgers can't force Shohei Otani to sign here if they offered him $10 billion. They can't force... Tyler Glass now to sign an extension. He wanted to be here. He said that the Dodgers were on a short list of teams that he'd be willing to sign an extension with. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he was courted by the best teams in the business. The big, bad, almighty New York Yankees, the most valuable team in the sport. He chose the Dodgers. So look, at the end of the day, they've built this franchise into such a destination franchise, such a marquee organization that is built around winning that they're able to acquire a lot of talent and they're able to do it on favorable deals because players want to come here. I guarantee you that a part of the pitch to Teoscar Hernandez was look what happened with J.D. Martinez last season. He came here, he excelled for a season, and he put himself in a great position to sign a multi-year contract, even though he's north of 35 years old. I guarantee you Teoscar Hernandez looks at this lineup where he doesn't have to be your number three hitter and carry the offense, where they can still have a lot of success, even though he has a strikeout rate north of 30%. And he said to himself, I'm going to go get my numbers, I'm going to go get a ring, and I'm going to get a bag in L.A. That's exactly what Teoscar Hernandez is going to do. I'm calling it right now. He's the NLCS MVP. I can feel it in my bones. So they got the lefty master they needed. They also got just overall production 
in left field. Because, yes, he does mash against lefties, and I hear that all over the place. Yes, there's no doubt about it. But I also think that that almost makes him feel like he's some one-trick pony or he's a specialist. No, he fares well against righties as well. He can hold his own against right-handed pitching. And the reality is this Dodgers team last season – They did not get enough outfield production, especially in left field, especially after David Peralta was injured and towards the end of the season, after the All-Star break, there wasn't any power. He didn't hit many home runs. And Chris Taylor, he was around league average for most of the year, but you just did not get the pop you needed from your corner outfield spot. And you look at last season in 2023, Dodgers, Left fielders, they combined to slash 250, 305, 417. That was good for 20th in all of Major League Baseball. They ended up hitting 18 home runs. That was terrible. That was bottom third of the league. Look at on base percentage and slugging percentage, a 722 OPS. These are all below league average. They had a 96 weighted runs created plus combined. So the Dodgers left fielders are combined to be 4% below league average. So even if Teoscar Hernandez is at a 105, which was a down year for him last year, you're still well above what the Dodgers post at that position last season. So it's a beautiful deal. Now, like I said, possesses great raw power. Last year, 26 dingers and 678 plate appearances, a 105 way to runs created plus. But I think with the Dodgers, you're going to get that swing and miss down to his career norms. And when you do that, you're going to see the offensive production increase close to that 130 weighted runs created plus range. And at that price, you're talking a lot of value. And you look at the defense. His defense has improved every single year. I see people ask me about his defense. This is someone who had a one defensive run saved last year, a five UZR, a 6.7 UZR 150. Defensively, if you look at his metrics, he graded out as a top seven left fielder in Major League Baseball. He also played DH as well. I'm the DH spot. He's also extremely fast. He was in the 82nd percentile in sprint speed at 28.6 feet per second. So he brings more than just his ability to mash against lefties. So I just want to point that out. Now, if you look at the cons, the cons are, sure, Strikeout rate's high, a 31.3% strikeout rate. That was almost a third of his at-bats last season. His career strikeout rate is around 29.7%. But it's not necessarily just the strikeouts. It was the swing and miss, the high in swinging strike rate. That's what you want to reduce. You'll live with the strikeouts with him when they come with power, home runs, and doubles. It's just too many swings and miss in the zone. Now, he doesn't draw a lot of walks as well. High swing and miss like Muncie, Taylor, and Outman. The isolated power went from 224 to a career low 178. If you guys aren't familiar with isolated power, I recommend getting familiar with it. It's slugging percentage minus batting average, and it's a really good way to measure raw power. And you want to see him back above 200. That's one of my goals for him this season is get to 224 in isolated power. So love the sign of Teoscar Hernandez. Want to point out, too, that if you guys have seen everything that's happened this offseason, not trying to call myself Doug Stradamus or anything, but... 
We talked about all this stuff in early October, months and months ago. We were talking about Teoscar Hernandez. I looked at this camera. I said, trade for glass now, sign Yamamoto. I mean, a lot of this stuff that we've talked about on the show, not necessarily reactionary. I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, it's kind of wild, all the stuff that really has materialized for this Dodgers team. And just credit to Andrew Friedman, this organization, for being as aggressive as they've been this offseason. But let's look at some lineups, though. And I want you guys to drop your lineup down below in the comments section with Teoscar Hernandez. Now, against right-handed pitchers, I like this lineup. And I think that you could have Shohei Otani at the three. With his speed, though, in the two-hole, it's something you want to strongly consider. And look, the most important thing is you want to get 15 at-bats from Mookie, Freddie, and Otani. That's the most important thing. If you want to flip-flop Otani and Freddie from the two and the three, you can do that if you choose to. Otani, he bat in the two and the three, sometimes the four in Anaheim. But the three as a run producer, driving the baseballs at DH, I could see it as well. But against right-handed pitchers, I got Mookie Betts hitting leadoff. That's going to be the case. There's no doubt about that. A couple weeks ago, I was talking to Jose Moda about the possibility of, hey, Shohei Otani with his speed and the Mookie speed on the decline and the Dodgers liking to stagger the lineup. Maybe Shohei as a leadoff hitter, but no, that's not going to happen. Mookie Betts is going to be your leadoff hitter. So, yeah, Mookie batting leadoff. Second in the two-hole, Shohei Otani. Batting third, Freddie Freeman. Then batting cleanup. I think it's a big year for Will Smith. A big year for Will Smith. He's under two more years of team control. He was injured through parts of last season, the rib injury, the concussion. I look for his power numbers and his hard hit numbers to go up this season. So I like Will Smith batting cleanup. And then I think, too, a lefty and a righty there. Yes, you could possibly see... Max Muncy in there as well, but I do like Will Smith. And then batting fifth, you got Max Muncy. Batting sixth, you got Teoscar Hernandez. So we're talking about Teoscar Hernandez. We're talking about a hitter who has prodigious power, who rakes as your sixth hitter in your lineup, okay? That's absolutely unfair, okay? That's just dangerous and explosive, but I got Tasker Hernandez batting sixth, seventh, James Outman, eighth, Jason Hayward, and then ninth, Gavin Lux. So I do like the idea of Gavin Lux there batting ninth, turning the lineup over. You want to see his on-base percentage go up. You want to see him take his walks, and I think it's just a good soft landing for him. Doesn't put too much pressure on him, and we also saw in 2022 him have success batting ninth in the lineup at times. And then against left-handed pitching, against left-handed pitching, Mookie Betts batting leadoff, Shohei in the two-hole, Freddie Freeman batting third, and then you know what? I don't care. I'm putting Teoscar Hernandez in cleanup. Versus lefties, bat him cleanup. The way that he's been able to rake against lefties, imagine Freddie and Teoscar, and you got Will Smith batting fifth, Max Muncy, who struggled against lefties last season, batting sixth, seventh. I think you got Chris Taylor, or you could have James Altman. Now, I think James Altman, to start the year against lefties, will get some runway, will get some opportunities. There's no doubt about that. But look, the reality is that as the season progressed, his success against Sal Paul's started to go down. He had a 665 OPS versus lefties. 22 of his 23 home runs were off of righties. Now, I think defensively, you do want to see him in center field. But with the addition of Manuel Margot, if you wanted to platoon James Outman, you could start Margot in center, 
Chris Taylor in left, and Teoscar Hernandez, who also, by the way, has a cannon for an arm in right field. So you could go that outfield mix if you wanted to platoon James Altman. But tentatively, let's just say it's a platoon situation. Got Chris Taylor batting seventh, Manuel Margot in center batting eighth, then Gavin Lux batting ninth. So those lineups right there are absolutely elite. They're absolutely on paper. It's an incredible lineup. I like Shohei batting second with Freddie and Mookie batting in front of him and behind him because you can't pitch around him, and that's what I'm looking at. If you bat Shohei Otani third and Will Smith and Max Muncy aren't having the best of years, then maybe you could say, all right, let's go to the next hitter, right? But I love the fact that you have someone who's a perennial 300-plus hitter in Freddie Freeman batting behind him. Also, too, you look at Freddie's power numbers last season, 59 doubles, 29 home runs. He absolutely can be your number three hitter. And then Shohei Otani has that speed on the base pass. You can take full advantage of that. So give me that lineup injected into my veins. Mookie, Otani, Freddie, Smitty, Muncie, Teoscar, Outman, Hayward, Lux against righties. Lefties, Mookie, Otani, Freddie, Teoscar, Smitty, Muncie, CT, Margot, and Luxie against lefties. Let's ride. So that's my lineup. Now, speaking of the lineup, speaking of, we mentioned his name a few seconds ago, Max Muncie. Max Muncie had some very interesting comments that he made on his appearance on foul territory last week. Here, give a listen to Max Muncie. Everybody's focused on one goal, and it's not, you know, people aren't focused on trying to get their numbers. They're not focused on, um, you know, things that don't really matter on winning the game. It's, you know, we've we've had some guys that kind of cared about themselves a little bit, and they've been shipped out, and it's um, – I think that's just the cool thing about it. This this clubhouse, it's such a great clubhouse every single year. Um, we have we have a lot of guys, new faces every year, and they, we always just mesh together. And that's something the Dodgers also care about is having clubhouse chemistry. Um, that's something they've always been focused on when they when they bring in new faces. They like to do their 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 homework and research on what kind of what kind of person they are, what kind of person they are in the clubhouse, what kind of person they are off the field. And it's um, you know, it's just it, it creates a really fun environment, and it's a place that a lot of people want to be. So shots fired. Max Muncy going full Cat Williams on foul territory. I don't know who he was directly talking about. It makes you wonder, though, because I see a lot of people out there saying it's Alex Verdugo. I don't think it's Alex Verdugo because they won a championship after Alex Verdugo was here. That was such a long time ago. Also, Alex Verdugo was very well-liked amongst his teammates. I don't think he was out there trying to get his numbers. Not like he was even close to free agency. Corey Seager, I don't think he was talking about Corey Seager because Corey Seager isn't out trying to get his numbers. Corey Seager is trying to get a double on every at-bat, right? He's trying to swing first pitch, hit the ball hard, and rake. Who is he talking about? Yasiel Puig? That was also a long time ago. I don't think Puig was focused on getting his numbers either. My guess, I don't want to, could it be Trey Turner? I mean, think about it. Trey Turner was really pressing during certain stretches in the 2022 season. And yes, he had some great moments. Yes, he did the Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street uh, celebration there, right? I'm not effing leaving. I'm not effing leaving, right? Of course, he brought that to the team. But was he truly engaged and determined to win a championship with this team? Was he a dog? I'm not so sure he was. He had some 
big moments for himself individually in the postseason. But when it came to timely hits, did he get those? If I had to guess one player, I really think I have to guess Trey Turner. And I think that really it could also just have been Max Muncy just trying to make the point that, look, it is truly an organization that values chemistry. It's an organization that goes out there and explores the history of players before they sign them. And I guarantee it's something that they strongly consider. I don't think it was a Trevor Bauer situation. It's just, look, the reality is this team is in a really good place. And I think the bigger picture question here is when it comes to numbers, None of these guys, it really matters for at this point. Yes, Mookie Betts has said he wants to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, he still needs to have three, four really good seasons to make the Hall of Fame. He is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Same with Freddie Freeman. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. But if both of their careers ended right now, they would probably just be on the outside looking in. Maybe they make it, right? But let's be honest. You want to put together some strong seasons to finish your career if you're either one of those guys to really cement your status in Cooperstown. You got Shohei Otani. He just wants to win, right? So all of those guys, they're made men. They're MVP winners. Two of them are World Series champions. I don't think those guys are going to be focused on having to go out there and get their numbers. They want to go out there and have success. And by having success, it means that they played well and they hit. So their numbers are a byproduct of that. So they're going to get their numbers. But you got guys like Will Smith. He's got to put together some good seasons to get a big contract. He's going to be focused on producing Gavin Lux as well. So, look, I think for the most part, you do have young players. James Altman's another one that want to produce and get numbers. But I do think that it falls within the culture of this organization that if you go out there each and every day and you try to win a baseball game, like Dave Roberts always says, if you win that game and you you are a process-oriented player, and you do everything that it requires to go and win that game, your numbers are going to naturally be there. And I think that that's always been the reality with this organization, that when you win, you're going to get those regular season statistics. J.D. Martinez saw that last season, right? Max Muncy had a bounce back here last season. James Altman finished third in the Rookie of the Year voting, hit 23 home runs. You're going to produce. You're going to get your opportunities but I just think from a chemistry standpoint, that's going to be interesting to monitor early on. Whose team is this? Because we know Shohei Otani, he's the big dog now. As great as Mookie Betts is, as great as Freddie Freeman is, Shohei Otani is the best player on planet Earth. And I think that if you go back and look at some of those clips from the WBC, the one that sticks out for me is the one where Shohei Otani is addressing his team saying, let's not idolize this team, right? Let's not idolize Team USA. Let's go out there and beat these guys. That's the mentality I think that this Dodgers team is going to have right now is that, you know what? Winning is the most important thing, and we're not going to take it lightly. We're going to go out there with some fire and some passion and play desperate baseball. I think that Otani is desperate to win a World Series, and I think that he's willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen. And I think you are going to see him be more vocal than he was with the Angels, right? Because the reality is with the Angels... I mean, they were never in the postseason, so there were no opportunities for him to make that speech that we saw in the WBC for Team Japan, right? We're going to see a side 
of Otani at the big league level that we didn't see with the Angels just because he's going to be on a winning club with World Series expectations that has talent up and down the roster. Remember, Otani isn't the Bugatti at the trailer park anymore. There's a lot of nice cars, right? There's a big Bel Air mansion with a big garage with Rolls Royces and Bentleys and Bugattis and Ferraris everywhere, right? There's a lot of good talent there. You also got a Austin Barnes, which I don't know what car he is, but he's a nice car too. I mean, maybe we'll give him, not saying he's like a Honda Civic. No, man, he's like a nice BMW. It'd be like a three series Beamer, right? Okay. So look, this team is a team that's filled with stars. Chemistry is going to be important. I think too, a lot falls on Dave Roberts and Dave Roberts has really the managerial job of his life coming up because if they don't win, and if they have an early exit, these guys are locked up. These guys are signed long-term in Yamamoto and Glass now and Otani and Freddie and Mookie. And if you're going to make a change, it's going to be at the managerial spot. So there's a lot that's going to fall on his shoulders, whether that's fair or unfair. That's just the reality that if they get bounced early and they stay fully healthy, he's going to be on the hot seat and the Dodgers might look to make a change if he can get it done. Now, one more talk before we head out of here is about Walker Bueller. Now, Walker Bueller said that it's a special time to be a Dodger, and it absolutely is. This is the platinum era of Dodger baseball. We're talking about a team that has the best players on the planet right now. They look like a damn all-star team. It's like you're playing fantasy baseball with a two-person league right now. It's how much talent is on this team, but... Walker Buehler also has someone that you don't know about his future with this club, right? You have Otani come back in 2025. You did sign Glass now to an extension. You signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If Walker Buehler has the year that he hopes to have, well, guess what? He might sign with another team. And if you look at his arbitration projection in his final year of arbitration, he's expected to make just north of $8 million. And if you look at his fan graphs projections for the 2024 season, they have him starting 23 games, pitching 131 innings, posting a 435 ERA and a 437 FIP with a 22% strikeout rate and a 7% walk rate. That is not the Walker Buehler that we know and love. We're talking about someone who sees himself as a perennial Cy Young candidate, right? So we'll see if he can get back to that. And I found it very interesting, Juan Toribio, Juan Toribio, who does a fantastic job covering the Dodgers for MLB.com, he said in his recent piece that, they expect Walker Buehler back in the first couple months of the season. So my read on that is that doesn't sound like that Walker Buehler is going to be ready by opening day. I'm trying to kind of get to the bottom of this and ask around about Walker Buehler, but hopefully you would expect coming off a second major arm surgery that they are careful with him and that they're not going to be in a position where they have to just rush him back into the fold right away. But I did find that very interesting because if Walker Buehler doesn't make it back right away, it doesn't pitch a full season and doesn't have a great season, maybe he does come back on some sort of a one-year deal, hometown discount, to get himself back to being elite and gets himself into a position where he can sign a better multi-year deal. So I wouldn't completely rule out Walker Buehler being back. I don't think the Dodgers are going to sign him a massive extension if he has a great year, a five, six-year deal. That's just not what they've done with their homegrown talent. But 
there is a world, I think, where he could be back on a shorter-term deal because, one, he loves his organization, and two, you just don't know if the field's going to be back, how he is going to pitch. If he does pitch well, everything goes right, then, yeah, maybe he does sign a big deal with another club. But I do think there is still a world where he loves this team, this franchise so much, and he loves to win. Maybe he does return. And I still believe the Dodgers, with the talent they have, you got a Michael Bush, you got a Diego Cartaya, you got starting pitchers out there like Dylan Cease, like Corbin Burns, who still haven't been traded. We've talked about Jesus Luzardo, who really has been quiet on the Jesus Luzardo front as far as his availability. But if you look at the starting rotation, they absolutely, in my opinion, as much talent as they have, you could still benefit from having a veteran innings-eating type of pitcher like a Shane Bieber that you could throw into your rotation and now give you some depth and insurance with Glass now and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, two guys that we know how talented they are, but Yamamoto hasn't pitched a full season at the big league level. He's still going to adjust and transition a little bit. Glass now, he's dealt with injuries issues in the past. He told me on this show, Glass now did, that his goal is to set a new season career high in innings pitch and game started. So I think for them, though, this Dodgers team, they want to keep him as healthy as possible heading into the postseason. So I think that's something as well. Now, one more thing before we head out of here, too. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with the Teoscar Hernandez roster spot because I don't think they're going to rush a trade, obviously. And anytime you trade for someone, you bring back talent in return. But I do think when you look at DFA candidates, you got Gus Varlin. You got Venasco. I mean, there's some other DFA candidates they could go, and I expect them to go the DFA route when it comes to freeing up that roster spot. I've seen people say Yancy Almonte and Michael Grove. Hell no. Those guys are not going to be DFA'd for a Tosca Hernandez. That's just not happening, and that's not even under consideration. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. We're giving away a brand new Shohei Otani authentic jersey right when we get to 80,000 subscribers. It's going to be live on an episode of Dodgers Dugout Live, so be sure to subscribe and comment done down below. Comment anything down below, guys. Love to read your comments. I read all of them. I'm going to start responding to them more regularly. And my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram. Like I said, DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.